Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. I'm Eric Seepin from the village, and I'm sitting right across from Andy Littleton from Mission Church, who's back from California. Back from Flagstaff and Oregon. And Oregon. Not that You did California. travel through California. I was in L.A. for a day. Well, see, I was at least probably well, correct. Two days, I guess. I was in L.A. for a day, and then the train went up. I took a train out. I, I just imagined you in California and then in but we're sitting a, in this beautiful bit. room with Rod. It's a painting with like uh, big rocks on his back. Yeah, a painting of our, our friend Rod. Yeah. Who's that? Is that you? Uh, no, this was a painting done by uh, Steve Yakely. I think it represents him. Ah, cool. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I like it a lot too. Anyway. So, yeah, we did this podcast and I was an hour and a half late and I was frazzled, so we did it about being frazzled. There you go. So, and being enjoy. Pastors. And pastors that are frazzled. And and a lot of other, there's some stuff, I mean, stuff about what people might view church to be like if you didn't go. And we kind of, you know, toy with that that thought of, and, and then, uh, you know, music and, and authentic, like saying authentic things and hymns versus, and, and kind of our background and all that comes in around the middle, which I think yeah. is a pretty interesting part. So, um, anyway, uh, enjoy. It's good to Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> or is it? Is, is that an appropriate thing to what say? What time is it? Um, it's 10. 10, and we're supposed to be at 8.30. At 8.30, that was the plan. Right. And then it was 9. Right. This is Faith Over Breakfast. This is Faith Over Breakfast. And you've been gone for a long time. See what happens to me when you're gone? Is this, is this, this is because I'm gone? I don't, yeah. I don't think that's You are like my like 8.30. I know. I'm going to be with Andy. <laughs> Talking in front of a microphone, stabilized, uh-huh. and ready to go. We're going to be at EXO. You're not going to buy anything. I buy I will. tea. You buy tea. Um, but today, it's not 8.30. We're not at EXO. They're getting their floors redone. I'm holding a McDonald's coffee. You're drinking McDonald's coffee? Oh, yeah. my God. Uh-huh. Mm. And, uh, Did you have any breakfast? Well, I had an Egg McMuffin. Right. You had an Egg McMuffin. Yeah. So that just... I mean, I'm just trying to prove that I'm not above the egg McMuffin. That's, that's really what it is. Can you go to Mission Church and go to McDonald's? No. Uh-huh. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. So, this is probably my last week. This is your last week? Yeah. So, you're uh, <clears throat> you're frazzled. A little bit. But it might make this podcast really good. It, really <laughs> it might be snippy. And... Yeah, snippy and snappy. And... Yeah. This is my last week until I go on vacation. Oh, okay. Are you leaving? Uh, we leave on the 16th to go to Denver, but okay. so I have a week off. Yeah. Before we go. What are you doing in Denver? We're gonna. We rented a you know house in the city. Oh, okay. Got a little bed and breakfast kind of thing. It's be Airbnb. Yeah. Just hang out. We're just gonna hang out and explore the city and go to the museums. And we went oh, there sweet. last year. No, the year before last. I can't remember. The kids really enjoyed it. We were gonna go to the beach, but it's expensive in California. Yeah. So, unless you really want to rough it, and I'm not in a shape to rough it right now. So. Yeah. Oh, man. So, you're, um, okay, good. Well, I'm glad you get to go yeah. somewhere. Three weeks off. Yeah? That's what you get? You get three weeks? Three weeks. I just did three weeks. That was... Do you feel rested? Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I really did. There's a weird thing with living in a really hot climate where you come home and you've rested, but then the heat... <laughs> 
the heat just like sucks everything out of you and you're like wait am, am i rested is right that, was that real it becomes a very existential question yeah. as to what rest is it, uh, <laughs> mm, that is rest yeah i'm not really up for that question right now i don't think you are either no it's just no. what the heat does to you it does yeah it makes that, <laughs> that question happen uh, yeah for real but the no the three weeks were great um you know, I think we talked before about how I was going to uh, take this break and I was going to do some writing um, and did all that. And, and, and even recorded nice. two po- podcasts that I think I'm going to set up so that they'll just show up in June. Okay. Automatically. They'll just pop up so we'll have at least two weeks off. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, one of, them, the, one of them was supposed to be recorded out in the woods with my buddy Bradley. Like, we had the equipment um, and we were just kind of like looking for the right spot. And then we found this, there were a lot of slopes, not a lot of good places to stop on this trail. And then we, uh, we were like, oh, let's sit down right here. And we, we kind of sat down in these plants and there was a, a log. And, uh, and I was like, is there poison oak out here? He's like, oh yeah. Is that poison oak? And he's like, oh. He's looking at it and he goes, yeah, it might be. So we're just sitting in that? He's like, yeah. Now, we've got pants on, you know? Right. It's like, yeah, maybe this isn't a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the trouble is we had been looking for a place for so long that we had almost, we were almost back to the car at this point. So then we kept looking, and then we were just back at the car. And he said, should we just record it while we're driving home? And I said, sure, let's just do that. And then um, somehow he's holding the microphone in the middle of the car, and the USB connection failed twice. And so there's some really cool little breaks in that right. so i hope that podcast came out good because he's actually having a really interesting experience uh in seminary that i wanted to capture and share so that's cool yeah yeah and then uh um, we'll just put cool little bumper music between the breaks and like it you okay know, it faded out of a thought and faded into a new one there you go okay sweet so be just fine and then the other is with my buddy uh buddy sean who uh, I got coffee with, and kind of just, I was like, hey, can we record this part of the conversation? He's like, uh, oh, okay. So that was kind of cool. So did you do any, like, intros? Uh, maybe. Did I? Maybe. A little bit. We so, can add, maybe we can add some. Maybe, yeah, maybe at the end of this, we should add some intros, and I can just add Yeah. Speaking of intros, if I'm listening to this, I'm like, get, we get to the point. I don't know what the point is, except that I, you went up to a marriage thing, uh-huh. And so tell me about, like, the, what you did up there, what it was exactly. Yeah, you know, the great thing about this marriage thing was that we didn't do much. Um, so there's this ministry out there, Double Honor Ministries, I guess, the, the couple that started it, they just wanted to use their their finances to help pastors get a break. Okay. And so they um, basically, just all throughout the year, all throughout the country, they host these retreats for a week and um, you have to kind of sign up for it. And then there's only so much space. And so my wife and I signed up and didn't get in and then somebody backed out and we did get in. So that was kind of cool. So at first it was stolen away from us. So does it cost something? Uh, no. So it's free. It's, and not only that, they reimburse you for all your travel and give you spending money. And so, the, yeah, the only thing they ask of you is that you, um, in the morning, have breakfast with the other pastors who are there and their wives, and have a little time of encouragement together, 
and then the rest of the day is you just do whatever you want, and you have. And they have these you all over the world. No, uh, the US. over the U.S. They're called Double Honor. Uh huh. And, and you kind of kept this a secret from me. Well, I just really just found out oh, okay. a little bit ago. <laughs> Uh, a pastor buddy of mine in, uh, in Phoenix sent me an email. I was like, hey, you should, you should sign up for this. And um, and what happened, I was amidst being very frazzled, all this stuff that's been going on with me. And I sent back, I shot the email back, and I was like, yes, I want to go. I want my wife and I to go. And and that's all I did. And I didn't realize that if I'd really read the email carefully, it said, you know, you have to go online and, and do all this stuff. So by the time, so then I followed up. I said, hey, did that, am I in? And he's like, well, if you signed up online and, you know, and you didn't get a notice that you weren't in, you probably are. And then I went, oh. (laughs) And I went online and signed up, and then we got the notice that it was full. But anyway. So then we backed out, and you went in. And we went. So what would you say is the one highlight, like, coming away with your wife and you, like, something else, spend the time together? Yeah, it was, it was just, I mean, just in general, it was just nice. I mean, we uh, we went and saw Creed Bratton of The Office, downtown Flagstaff. That was great. That's interesting. It was interesting. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was funny. So it was kind of a comedy music thing that he does. Okay. And, uh, you know, slightly inappropriate at times, but most of the way, just pretty fun. Cool. And, um, yeah, we were just... Sat, watched a movie in the cabin one night. Watched the the end of the Western Conference Finals. Went to Alpine Pizza and watched Game One of the NBA Finals with another couple. That was fun. Um, went thrifting, just like my big thing. Yeah, my you wife are, got a couple solid yeah. pairs of earrings out nice. and about. Yeah, just, Black stuff's fun. It's got some fun places to go. Yeah, it was fun to see, it was funny to see. You know, there's. Like, a couple of the couples were really about, like, getting out and hiking and, like, finding that spot. And I I want to be that guy, but I just, I'm not. I just, when I thought about, personally, like, going out on a hike, Michaela said something about, like, a hike would be fun. And I know, and, and she and I both would like a very short, just kind of stroll in nature. Um, but I, nature, I know... a nature stroller. You're not a nature hiker. Yeah, and I and I don't I don't mind hiking. I don't. But not like some people it's like when they get a break, like they're gonna get out and explore. Yeah, my like my housemate, like that's yeah all he wants to do and as he's gotten older he gets upset that his knees aren't the way they need to be so he can go do that. Right. And he just loves hiking. But I'm hiking like I get into the hiking and maybe you're twenty minutes in. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, all right, so I got half hour to get to that point, and I'm going I'm to make the end of this. And I'm not looking at the nature. I'm just yeah. thinking one foot in front of another. <laughs> i got to keep hiking. got to get to the end. i yeah. got to get to my car. My car is my goal. Yeah, getting back to the car. <laughs> yeah. Fun. And I'm somewhere in between. I do love, like, getting out, and I love seeing the sights of nature. But I actually think I love more going to interesting restaurants. Yes. <laughs> and sitting in town and reading. I think I like that more, truthfully. The more I and this reflect, is why I like you so much. That, that's what it is? <laughs> okay. I know. I just know that's something. Yeah. That I like. Yeah. So I was wanting more time to read. I got some of that. Um, so yeah, all, all around it was, it was a 
Yeah, it was no, a it's nice, a good, peaceful time to go Nice time. Yeah, exactly. It was a nice, peaceful time. I'd had some of that, but it was nice to have it with her. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's good. I think we need to. Yeah, so I hope you get. Yeah, I'm going to sign up right away. Like, that sounds cool. You should. Yeah, double that Sounds amazing. Just go, look it, go look it up. Yeah. I'm now I'm going to have to compete with our, like, 50-some-odd listeners who are going to be trying to get into. That's right. Yeah, except now, I think, they had a couple, I don't know, if, like, they're kind of in different areas of the country, so now you're going to have to travel somewhere. Yeah. It's all right. But maybe that's fine. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how all that works. I don't know. I just got prompted by somebody else. That's pretty cool. Went for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always looking for something. Yeah. So, yeah. It's really cool. I appreciated it. Just what a, what a great thing. I mean, like, so, we could yeah. say that Faith of a Breakfast, at some small level, is now sponsored by <laughs> Double Honor Ministries. Ministries. Because we've spent the sure. last five minutes talking about them. Or we're at least sponsoring them or something. <laughs> something like that. We're sponsors of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, we have no topic. Well, no, I mean... Oh, you I have think, a topic? Yeah, being ah. frazzled. Oh, okay. So, uh... Ooh, frazzled. Well, why do we need this? And so, I I mean, I needed that. I needed that bad. I had some personalized stuff, but, like, I, I don't know. I've been thinking about this because, I mean, truth is, day in, day out, I mean, people work hard. Like, the people in our churches, like, friends of ours, like, work super hard, right? Yes. Um, Very hard. Yeah. Physical labor. Yeah. Just or just long days long behind days. computers or whatever. And so six kids chasing around all day, crying newborns. Yeah. And so a question I get on a regular basis from people, especially people outside of the church, mm-hmm. there there are two categories. There are people who will just say, Pastors do so much, you know, I'm just so grateful for them. And that's a smaller group. And the the, the bigger group that I hear from are the ones that are like, So what do you do? Um, and, and I, I think about that sometimes I'm like, that is valid. I think if I were outside of this and I would, and even if I were reflecting on like my day today or well, even yours, which has been a very frazzled day, mm-hmm. but it's like, wake up some people who are close to me are having trouble. I have time to go and visit with them. Mm-hmm. And then I sit down behind a microphone with some coffee and talk. And then I read my Bible and some other books, and I arrange a little speech that I'm going to give on Sunday. <laughs> People are like, I if I have to do that kind of stuff like on the weekend. Right. You just do it all week. That, that's just your life. Right. That, so why in the world do you need three weeks off? Right. Well, I mean, I kind of I think of that when I listen to engineers and how much time they get off. Uh-huh. And I think, I know what your job is. Yeah, it's got some stress in it, but you're in air conditioning, you're in front of a computer, uh-huh. and after like five years, you got what, six weeks off? Like you can take, you don't, you don't go to work for most of Christmas, <laughs> all of December? Right. I mean, it's particular kinds of jobs, you know. Uh-huh. I start, even I'm cynical about the amount of time you get off. Right. I mean, in my darker side, let's be honest. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. I... Yeah, there's always, you're always looking at somebody out there. Mm-hmm. And then there's always the unfairness of it. It seems like the easier the job gets, which is something that's been debunked in my life a little bit. Because I always thought people who are like the manager, they walk around and they're like, hey, you should really do this and do this. And okay, I'm going to go do some reports right now. And then I'll, I'm going to sit in that room and do some reports while you guys do all this. Right. And then I'll be back to check in on you 
Right. And uh, by the way, you know, because of all my hard work, I get two months of vacation, and you get one. You know, one day, one week, or whatever. And there's this part of me that's always like wrong, you know, unfair. The people who are down on the ground doing all the work, they should get, um, they should get way more time off. They're working harder, um, which there might be something to that. But the, an interesting thing is being, um, I mean, and, and on a very small scale. Our church is not big. Uh, my business is small. Right. Um, but, like, the weight of responsibility that that comes with that stuff is something I never understood before, you know, for the last three, four years. Yeah. Like, how much, somehow, the energy, the thinking energy, like, just the pressure of responsibility wears you out. Right, you know, I was just a podcast where one of uh, some people on the podcast was talking about their transition from being an associate pastor to oh, yeah. a head pastor, and just saying, like, I worked the same hours, and I got paid a little bit more, but the job was twice as hard and twice as heavy. Twice as heavy, yeah. Yeah, and because you wear <clears throat> the brunt of, like, you're kind of the tip of the spearhead. Yeah. In a lot of ways, and as you move up to management... The kind of things you're closer and closer to the tip of the spear. And when things go wrong, it's very much on you. What you could lose is exponentially larger. Right. Um, the expectations, you know, and then and with a pastor, you add in that layer. I don't know how anybody pastors churches that are big. Um, well, I do. I mean, I know that you just don't really know all these people. Right. That's a huge part. No, of your, your church becomes at some level your staff. Right. The 60 people, that's yeah. who you're pastoring. You're pastoring those people. Yes, very, very true. But, um, yeah. But even even that, even like those 60 people are supposedly like highly involved in the lives of all these people, and that sort of could trickle up your way. Right. And if one of them does a terrible job, you are on the hook for that. Right. Um, so our church of, you know, I don't know, I don't know how many people go to our church anymore. It's, it's probably a hundred. It's the summer now, so like summer, yeah, five. There'll yeah, be there'll be a hundred and fifty once you know August comes. Yeah, it would very possible. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but I, you know, I feel very like I just don't have it in me to. I mean, really, like to really fully engage. Like, what could I you know? Five people, maybe to like deeply, deeply. You know, so it, you know, I think I'm just like, oh, no, there's 100 people in it, you know, maybe 150 in August, like, ah, right. what in the world, you know, like, we, we've all, we've all got to do this, and, and it's, and so the weight that comes with that, and the weight that comes with knowing the pain, yeah, um, and, and even, like, the weight that comes with, like, the realization you can't fix things, just, just it's it's something I I really didn't understand. Well, I'd heard I, about. I, I mean, I preached a, a sermon um, my community a while back, and you know, part of it I talked about like who's on your island, and sociologically, like you can you only have thirty slots. Yeah. And then everybody, and then you only have the capacity to hang on to about one hundred and fifty mates. Right. And so that was 150, so I guess the 120 people who are not the 30 slots of intimacy you have, right. that, that breaks down. 
they're they're looking to get into that 30. So once one of them leaves, someone else will swap. Like so, right. but you can't have the capacity to hold on to any like intimacy past 30 people, like a level beyond, hey, how are you doing? Oh yeah, I remember your kid plays soccer. Right. Like, beyond that, you just don't have the capacity to do that as a human being. So as a pastor, even when you're a pastor of a small church and you have 80 to 100 people, you're 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 not going to have the intimacy with all of them that you even long to yourself to have. Right. And it's sad. I mean, it feels sad yeah. to me. No, it is. Because I want to know those people. I, people are really interesting to me. And then the weird thing about being the pastor or the leader or the visible one is some of those people can have more knowledge of you. Most of them do. Most of them do than you have of them. And and part of that's because you're up, you're sharing publicly. Right. And, and in this day and age, pastors like you and I and others have become more transparent about right. what's happening in our lives. Right. And so they know more. Yeah. They know more about you. And so that's a, that's a difficult thing to reconcile, is like this person knows a decent amount about me and my story, and it to some degree intersects with theirs and they relate to it. But the, the reverse isn't necessarily true. Their story isn't necessarily shaping mine. Right. So some, some people's it is. Right. Like you said, like there's, a, there's only that, there's that limited amount of people whose life can impact you the most. Right. And there's some like leaders in my life where their story has impacted me. So it, it kind of trickles down. But sure. Yeah, it's just a weird, that's a weird thing. Right. It's a weird knowledge to have. Like, well, I don't know. I think when I, you know, you and I spend our lives, we have, we have small churches. Yeah. Churches that people on the outside might say at least are vibrant and growing. Yeah. Um, but, oh, so we spend our time thinking about like social dynamics, how people work in groups, how they interact, how you minister to them, how you bring Christ into their lives as collective and as individuals. Um, but when you're looking on the outside of all of that, the Christian church is just weird. It's like <laughs> weird that there's a place that people go every week and sing songs with like slides. Yeah. And somebody gets up and talks, you know, and then we make it a little more unusual, our two churches, and that we make everybody sit down and eat dinner together. Yeah. It's really weird. And we take communion every week, which, you know, isn't actually that common in all denominations. It's only a small segment of denominations that do that. Now, yeah, it's it's funny to think. Sorry, no, you make this point. No, no, I just think it's a weird... It's weird. If you walk in just as somebody who's had no experience in church or just like, you're like, why, why are you guys doing these things? <laughs> and so what you're thinking, you're, you're going, okay, I've been to like an informational dinner. Right. <laughs> so the dinner and the slides I get. Right. Except that you're making me sing. Yeah, right. That's There's always an element that doesn't fit, you know. I've been to a concert right. in which there are slides and singing. Right. Um, I've been to a concert where they've um, tried to get me to support a cause, and so there was a little bit of a speech, but no dinner. Right. It's like people are used to about two or three of these elements, but never all of them. Right. And then you add in, like, we we're, we're, we're well, yeah. Voluntarily. Yeah. 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 You. <laughs> so you people, you, you have this concert informational dinner <laughs> we're going to give you money when we come to it in your twisted way of thinking 
this is people outside. <laughs> and, uh, and then you're going to tell me that, you know, some of you are going to come up and eat the body of Christ. And drink his blood. And drink his blood. Which the early church, the, the Romans were like, these people, are, they thought they were cannibals. Uh-huh. They thought they were crazy. Yeah. I, uh, it's, I mean, that's, that's, I get it. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. And if it's, and if it, uh, you know what I don't get? I don't get the people that do church, but don't really believe. And, yeah. you, and you know there's a lot of them. There's a lot of these people who are just like, this is just what my family does. This is what we do. We go to church. I don't really believe, like, necessarily all that stuff. Why in the world would you do all this craziness where you don't, like, if you believe it, it's crazy enough? Like, well, I don't. I, I can say on one end, maybe you want to enjoy a little bit of the warmth fire without committing to like really yeah. roasting the marshmallows because you get the community you yeah. get to see people you kind of, you kind of go eh, yeah, the, that communion stuff is weird and the, right. and the song singing I don't you know whatever well and there is some assuredness to like if you go repeatedly like that that when things happen like the end of your life or some trauma uh, you lose you know, you know that there's somebody that's going to be there to, yeah. to, to be present You've created a social yeah. web of sorts that a support system. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, I get that. And I mean, and some people go to bars and some people go to churches. And right. I guess. I guess I get that. But I just. I guess what you have to do is just detach the yeah. meaning from everything to do that, right? But I. It's so hard. I, I. It's hard for me to imagine detaching the meaning from all that and doing it. But I just, by nature, I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person that. I don't want to do things I don't understand. I, that bothers me. Yes. Yeah. No. I, I want to understand it. I want to. I want to wrestle with it. I like uh-huh. things that allow me to wrestle with them. Yeah. Make them my own. Yeah. At one point, I I was like, I will not take communion until I like I know that I mean that. That like I I am. I really am in need of and celebrating the fact that Jesus gave his life and his body and his blood. And until I can do that, I'm not doing this. Like, I don't know if you've ever gone through periods like that. Before. Well, as a kid growing up in church, there were many times where I wouldn't take communion because I was just like sure that there was horrible sins in my life that I'd forgotten or there were ones that I didn't want to confess. Uh-huh. And, and if I did, took communion, Eating and drinking. Yes, yes. I was very afraid of that. So I, yes, communion was something I was like, I got to make sure I'm straight on this in my head. Well, yeah, for me it wasn't. It was just like, I don't want to do this disingenuously. But I did that with a lot of things. Um, Yeah. I had a whole, like, doubting my baptism period because I was like, did I really... Was that really true for me? Was that really something that mattered? Like, or did I did I just do that because everybody was getting baptized when I was younger? Like, I yeah. really struggled with that one. Yeah, and uh, just all the like all of the rituals and like singing the songs. I remember there was a song that came out that was <laughs> something something about I ring, ringing a bell or like songs that were like I will raise my hands. Like the, the songs that used to say things like, do you remember that one that said it was like a well, huge, they still do say a huge bell I ring? 
This was, and I remember that. that ticked me off so much because I was like, literally, never have I heard during a church service when this song is being sung anyone ringing a bell. Nor are we going home and ringing bells. Like, why are we saying that? Why are we telling God that we're ringing a bell and we're not ringing a bell? Like, I would have been fine with it if they brought a big Liberty Bell in there and yeah, rang it right in that moment. They're, okay, it's weird, but at least you're ringing a bell. But if you're going to say you're ringing a bell. Then ring a bell. Then ring a bell. So I would not sing that part. I just wouldn't do it. And then when they would say, like, I lift my hands, yeah. I would be like, I will only sing that if I'm actually going to lift my hand right now. And then I'm overthinking it, so then I don't want to lift my hand, so I just wouldn't do it. Well, singing for me, like, as a kid, just felt weird, because it oh, didn't... Yeah. Nobody, nobody <coughs> explained from up front why we were opening the hymnal to 343 and singing stanza 1 and 3. Huh, yeah. I, I didn't know why we You just did singing. it. It was just, just open your hymnal. Yeah, no one said we were, this is why people sing, this is the commands in Scripture to sing. Yeah. Like, we never talked about that. Huh. Um, so I was like, why are we singing? Like, I don't, and then the, we sang hymns, because I grew up in hymn singing churches. I didn't understand as an eight-year-old what the heck yeah. they meant. They were, you know, yeah. either use weird words or just theologically they're very deep and rich, but don't yeah. make, always make sense unless you right. know something. And then it's like, if you're, if you're just singing, it, is it any good if you don't know what it means? Right. Right. Part of me says no, and then there's a part of me that's like, well, there's a lot of things that we sing culturally that we don't understand, and then it gets in our head. That's true. So there's there's something in music, a training that happens for good or for bad. Well, music, obviously music does something to your soul, so it's so much part of who we are in so many different aspects of our life. Yeah. So when did you... So your music is now very creative here, but you came from like pretty strict hymn singing churches. Yes. It was interesting because I, when I was back in Oregon, I went to the church where I grew up. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Cool. And uh, it was cool and it was interesting. Um, and I think they were singing some of the same songs. It was, it was weird because I was like, I don't, I could, I could never have recalled this song, but hearing it right now, I would. And they didn't sing hymns. So it was more kind of, it was a charismatic church. It was a, and it the was charismatic a, has their own stream of worship. They, music. they do, yeah. And it was, so the only one that was familiar from outside of there was, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Right. And that song I've heard since. But there were a couple others that I went, you know, I haven't been here since I was six years old. But this is a familiar song. I right. think I've heard it before. Which is crazy. But yeah, they have their own stream, but it's not hymns. No. Um, and uh, and then, oh, where was it going? So then, like, we came to Tucson and looked for the charismatic church, and it was very different here. That small town, pretty mild charismatic church right. in a way, was very different than what we found here. Right. And then we ended up at the big, the big Baptist mega church, which didn't do hymns. So I didn't go. I mean, I, I'd heard hymns. They, they were familiar to me. But the first, like, hymn-singing church I went to was when I was 15. Oh, wow. Um, and I was mostly involved in the youth group there, but the church itself was a hymn-singing church. So I, I, uh, that's where I began to hear the hymns. But 
but I didn't have like the young childhood of that. Right. Um, so I actually came to appreciate hymns more, more as an adult. Um, yeah. Anyway, me too. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I like them acapella. I don't uh-huh. like them. They, they feel ancient. Yeah, I like that feel. Yeah, so. yeah, a little more timeless. Yeah. And haven't we, like, we've seen, like, that song I'm talking about with the bell? Yeah. You, most of our listeners have never heard that song. Like, and here's why, because it, it had, like, a one-year right. shelf life. But uh, most of all our listeners, I suspect, know it as well as my soul. Right. Right. Exactly. It, it has powerful lines in it. Yeah. And a story behind it. Yes. Like, it's not just, it, you know, it wasn't just, like, people went to, you know, just to throw a little... Throw a little hill song in there. Oh, like, you put no, a hill song back in here. I, was, I, mean, I, 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 I had a uh, there's a guy I knew that went to Hillsong School and just learned how to write catchy worship songs. So it's not what I'm saying is like back then it wasn't people going to a school and just learning how to write catchy worship songs, right? Like, and they wrote out of deep meaning, like pain, you know, like Amazing Grace, right? Interestingly, the guy I stayed with in Oregon, uh, in many ways, was a really sweet guy. But he had had some. There were some parts of him that were hard to wrestle with, and one was he's from the south, and he he didn't like pastors, which was an interesting. Like he was very clear with me right at the beginning when I told him I, I was a pastor, which I hadn't told him over the phone. Um, the guy I bought the truck from, and right, I ended right. up staying at his house almost all the whole two weeks. Oh wow! But right away he's like, I don't like evangelicals. I don't like pastors. He just like put that out there. And uh, so I was like, right away, I'm like, well, <laughs> okay. But it was cool because we actually, I think he, as we went on, he realized, okay, this guy can work on the truck and turn a wrench and and he's not picking me apart and all that. But one thing, I mean, the guy, some of that Southern stuff. So something came up about how he wanted to die. Like he, not he wanted to die now, but he wanted his death to be a certain way and he didn't want um, anybody to make a big deal out of it. And he was like, and I don't want amazing grace sung at my funeral. Got real serious about it. Um, and it had to do with its story because of the, because it was a, a song about, you know, because it came from the story that a conviction about slavery. Right. And needing God's grace because of slavery, and he didn't like that story. Right. He didn't want to feel that conviction. He didn't want that song. And the fact that the song came from that story gives it so much more power. I mean, and even more offense. I don't know. That's cool. I mean, it's in the sense of like how like I don't think that you we you would find that thirty years from now in any worship song. Shout to the Lord. Yeah. Nope. Does does shout to the Lord get to you like that? No, no. I, mean, I think that like a lot of the hymns are written out of the stories of the individual, but the, and that community itself, like what is being wrestled with in uh-huh. that sense, um, and what the spiritual kind of connection is. I mean, you know, like Mighty Fortress and how Luther used you know bar tunes to really begin to teach theology and yeah. to bring. clear gospel to the to people who've never really heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Read. Right. That's right. 
Yeah, and yeah, like you said, it's like individual but but bigger story. Like it as well as my soul coming from somebody's loss and pain, um, and kind of laying that before God, and that was His story, but it, it is everyone's story, right? And then the amazing grace, like a deep conviction of sin, and then the realization of how good and gracious God is in the, in the midst of that. I mean, that's that was his story, but here's our story. Yeah. I mean, and you wonder, like, in, in our day of just, like, mass, like, so many songs being written, can that even be done anymore? Right. Oh, it's, I certainly think it's become more tribal. It can be done for a tribe. Yeah, right. Um, but Maybe it can't not be for the world. world. You know, not in a, in a way I think that's got meaningful, you know, to connect with me. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, it's, it's, and and we've gotten so much bigger. Yeah. I mean, there's just more of us as people. And, yeah. And there's more media and there's more access. To, yeah. Anyway. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. So here we are in the hot summer. Like we're, <laughs> I just think about this like every every year I hit the like summer and I think, okay, like I can do this. I can make it through. <laughs> like make the gauntlet of vacations and. You know, just as a pastor who's going back to being a pastor yeah. and sort of feeling that weight of that. And, you know, when you're a small church pastor, and you guys now are with us, you have your own building. Like, you own yeah. your own building. That means that somebody has to clean it. Uh-huh. Somebody has to, you know, plunge the toilet. Somebody has to pick up that water bottle that somebody left that they didn't put away. And I think everything you said was discussed somehow this past Sunday. Like, <laughs> I picked up or, or thought about, I picked up some trash out in the a lot from under some chairs. Somebody had a major blowout in the men's bathroom, and there was just <laughs> it's just a crappy right. situation. Well, and those are those um, are so much part of being a pastor of a church that's smaller. Yeah, like you, even when you have extra staff, like you guys have got Nick and you've yeah. got Mike, and there there's staff, but you guys are. It's just it's not okay. You have a couple counseling sessions. Right, be cool. You spend 20 hours studying your Bible, right. you get your sermon all ready, and you lead a couple of groups, and that's your day, and that's your week. Right. No, I've got I've got weird things on my mind, like the fact that we had our air conditioners worked on, but they were raised off the roof and placed back down, and the guy told me, you know, I can't guarantee there won't be leaks under those brackets now. And we all know the monsoon rains are coming. Oh, geez. And so it's in my mind, like, we need to get up there and just goop all of those joints, right? Because the last thing we need is monsoon and we got water running into this place. Oh, no. yeah. That'd be terrible. Um, Can I just pause you there? Yeah. Like, I literally one Sunday came to church and walked back here in the room where uh-huh. in the area where we're at in the education wing and literally water is pouring <laughs> through the roof and there's water everywhere because <laughs> one of the swamp coolers had, oh, yeah. the, the hose had popped off in the middle of the night, yeah, and we left them on to kind of keep yeah. the building cool. Yeah, it was just spraying into the vent. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, so so now that now you're you got this building ownership. Yes, and because you're a church, like you don't, it's not just like you got well smaller church. Right, you don't have this janitorial staff that's just on that and taking care of that. Like, right. I think we actually, I think we're gonna hire. A cleaning company to come 
side, so we, we decided. How much do you think they're going to cost? Uh, Mike got some quotes, um, and I, I guess one of them was like two seventy a month, which for if you break that out per week, like that's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, so we decided rather than like like our church is set up and torn down and clean for years, and just the thought that like maybe we could just kind of let people go home and I mean we're still going to straighten up our chairs and all that, but you know that somebody could. To mop the place and clean the toilets. That's just just sweet. It just is a nice. Like basically, it's our people are going to pay right like through their giving to have that service done versus doing it ourselves. right. But yeah, it's kind of cool. It's an exciting new chapter. Uh, we got air conditioning in the two rooms. Nice. We didn't have it. Yeah, that I set that up right before I left, and it's pretty fun to come home and. Yeah, and it is. Oh my and so our kids' room, our main kids' room, didn't have AC. It had a we had a portable in there, and it wasn't keeping up. Um, and so, yeah, I'm grateful for that. And, uh, and it was cool because my old the old church where I worked ended up uh, their missions committee gave us a donation, nice. you know, which we had talked to them about. We kind of presented something to them uh, back when we had started the build out. Really hadn't heard back, and so we just. You know, we couldn't afford this air conditioner and so on and so forth. And so then they followed up and we gave them a quote. They weren't able to give us all of it, but then I was able to go shop around and we got some lower quotes. Um, nice. And one of them we could afford. So, so how much did it end up costing to put it? It was, we, we got two quotes, but one of them was going to require electrical changes that was going right. to cost more. So, they both would have cost right around the same, which was fifty seven hundred. That's not bad at all. No. How many ton units did you put up? I want to say it was two and a half. And you put one unit or two units? We did a mini split. Oh, okay. Um, which yeah. Anyway. Like a two phase a mini split that could run two rooms. Okay. Which that system cost more, but it was able to run off the electric we had in the area. Right. Versus two mini splits, we would have had to run new electrical. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was that's, that's pretty good. That's cool to come home to. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's all, but all that is on my mind. Like, yeah, it's on your mind. The money, the, the yeah, you're running, you're running this like small company, really. Yeah, right. It, it, and it just, but it's serving. It's it's got a complexity to it. It's a nonprofit uh-huh. centered around Jesus. Right? And then, and then there's the cool thing is, you know, for us, like I'm not. I'm not in a situation where I'm the pastor that has to do everything. We've got other leaders and other people, but then there's the complexity of that, right? Like right. that now you, part of your, the leading of this thing is shared. And then there's our different personalities and struggles and tendencies and communication. And communication. And you got to yeah. think about all that. And that's all the stuff I didn't realize how hard it was when I looked at people in management. I just went, you just, you just kind of, Tell people what to do. Like, well, no, they're under some kind of authority, and then they share authority with other managers, and all of that is, you know, just extremely complex. Yeah. And well, and I think it unpredictable added, added part for the pastors and like you and I who are, I would say, the head pastors. Right. You know, like in some way or another, you guys are co-pastors, yeah. but you're full. You're the full-time paid guys now, right? Or Mike um, is. I'm paid. You're part-time. I'm paid. Your complexity is a little bit different. Yeah. You guys roll the dice, and whoever wakes up that morning is in 
<laughs> no, I, I understand that you've got a little bit different structure. But still, the weight of people's emotional struggles and their battles and the stories that they have, like those weigh on you, and especially yeah. since you're doing the internal shepherding. I know that that is part of your description. Right, yeah. It's, it's the shepherding of the community. And when you begin to shepherd people, the stories are hard. Mm-hmm. And then you got your own story mixed in that. And, and it's just, I think that for me is harder yeah. than all of the other complexities. Absolutely. Yeah. And then not having, like, you know, spending a whole day with people and, you know, and thinking that every single meeting you were in, you felt highly ineffective. <laughs> and at the yeah. end of the day, you're like, I don't even know if I did more damage than I actually did good in all of these things. And yeah, that when you were just talking about that, like internal shepherding. I mean, the thing that's going through my mind, just even as you're talking about that, is like, I don't think I'm doing a good job at that. <laughs> you know, just that, <laughs> right? Or I'm just like, yeah, just like, oh man, like the needs and like, does the thing I say help or hinder, and then. And you suggest something, and somebody does the opposite, and then you go, "Was it better that they did the opposite, or was it, or is it just that what I say just doesn't really have that much impact?" Or like, and you're wrestling with all that. Right. Oh my gosh! And your it's value built up in, the, in that, like, because right, you know, if you really are able to help somebody, and then they begin to think that you're really good at what you've done, and then you begin to think maybe you're good at what you do, and then you sit with other people, and then you're like. Gosh, I'm not good at this, and, and it's not like I'm good. As I shouldn't be here because it's like, and the roller coaster of, and then you know, you're saying I, my identity shouldn't be in this, right? But but it is. It it's, it's real hard it's, not to. Yeah, it's hard not to. Yeah, it really is. And and this makes for compelling podcasts about does it two pastors? Yeah, is anyone still <laughs> listening? <laughs> you still there, people? Are you with us? Why? Why are you? Are we good at this? Tell us, <laughs> email us, affirm us. Tell us we're good at this. Yeah, um, yeah it's an, it's an interesting thing. So I could see how somebody would get frazzled, and I could see how somebody would be an hour and a half late to their own podcast. Yeah, and uh, I forgive you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think that's probably all we got. I think it's really all we got. We didn't yeah. even do a great job of introducing this to this faith over breakfast. It's okay because we're going to add an introduction any second now. So thanks for joining us this morning. Today we were at the village, um, and uh, we'll be back at EXO, I assume, uh, in coming weeks, and then you'll hear some of those podcasts from Oregon. So anyway, thanks for being with us.